This conversation was recorded on January 23rd, 2016. Okay, so what are we talking about? Yeah, I want to talk about crowns. Crowns. I thought we'd go through some of the crowns and maybe start our way reverse canonically. Reverse canonically. Like start of the last one and go backwards. Because we have the crown laid out, you know, in different places, kind of mentioned throughout the New Testament. Yes. You know, some of these seem like they're crowns, um, like with a proper noun type of a crown. Another one's possibly not, but possibly. And it seems like it gets more obvious the later you get. So like the crown of life seems like a pretty obvious proper noun type of a crown. As we work our way reverse canonically. Okay, so in, in reverse order as they appear in the New Testament. Right. In the canon of Scripture, as you might say. Yes. Starting with the uh, crown of life, which is in Revelation 2.10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. So you're talking about uh, Revelation 2.10 as opposed to Revelation 3.11? Yeah. Is it there also? Let's look at that one, too. I That's guess. where it says, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Right. Hang on, or somebody will steal your crown from you. So that's a thing. Yeah. Hold fast that which you have. So is that saying that they could have a crown already? Well, I, it kind of in the context of that whole thing, right? This is the church at Philadelphia mm-hmm. where they're blameless, right? I had set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. They're faithful. Right. Remember, this is one of the two churches against which there's no criticism. Because you've kept the word of my patience, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So, yeah, good stuff for them. So they're blameless. They have a crown. They have already won. This is the team that has the ball. They're ahead in the game. The other team has no timeouts. And all they need to do is the kneel down play, you know? Yeah. Run the clock out. Just keep the current situation, and you're going to win. Yeah, just don't fumble. I'm sure there's some incidents of a team that's in that situation, and then they just lose the game. Did, did you watch Michigan and Michigan State this year? No, but I did watch uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. Most recent just thing. Run they the had ball. the game. Yeah. They had the game. Run up the middle, and he fumbles. Give the ball to Rex Burkhead. He never fumbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Put Rex in the game, hand him the, hand him the football, game over. They don't put Rex in the game. They no. give to the other guy, mm. fumble. They still had the game. Yeah. Well, they, they tried really hard to lose that one. They, it was such poetic justice, you know? Two bad guys misbehaving. Yeah. That was thug life on display. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. was. It was sad football, but. Yeah. But it was interesting. It's one of those games you'll never forget. Yeah, you couldn't look away from it, that's for sure. Yeah. Vontaze, Perfect, and Pac-Man Jones mm. probably couldn't find two worse seeds. Yeah. And they combined together 
to yeah. lose and the again. hero turns into a goat. Because perfect right. actually was the hero. Yeah, yeah, the interception that would have yep. injured the quarterback. Then he intercepted the football. Then he lost the game. Then, but the fumble had, set it all up. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. And there had actually been a prophecy gone before because after the ill will of the December thirteenth game, one of the Steelers, I forget who it was, actually tweeted. I can't wait till we play them a game and they do something stupid and lose it. Really? What he actually said. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, so these guys have already won, you know. They just need to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Hold fast. Hold that fast, what you have. Right. Retain what you have. This is hold fast, just like. Hold fast the form of sound words that mm-hmm. Timothy was supposed to do, right? Yeah. That no one takes your crown. So clearly crown can be lost, right? Yep. As it were, stolen. You'll get a crown if you don't get one stolen. All you have to do is hang on. Second Timothy 2.12. You familiar with that scripture? Second Timothy 2.12. Is that... Uh, if, if we if endure we, with him... Oh, yeah. We will reign with him. Right. If we if we deny him, he'll deny us. He cannot deny himself. Yeah. If we don't believe, or if we're unfaithful, right? He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Those three big ifs. I I get in discussions all the time with people that want to believe that you have to prove you're saved, you're not really really saved, or that salvation is somehow so complicated that you can scarcely know if you yourself are saved, let alone know if anybody else is. Mm-hmm. And, and, their, and their conclusion is you never really know if somebody else is saved. Right. Only God knows. Right. And they'll even misquote, you know, they'll, they'll quote, they quote correctly scriptures out of context, like the Lord knows them that are his, this kind of thing. Right. So as these people, of course, this is, you know, you shall discussion know them by their online. works. Yeah. You know, how do you have a church life? How, how, how can you and I have a church life? How can we love one another if we're going like, I don't know if you're really a brother, Jared. Yeah. Of course, you can know I am. This is how these people are. Everybody's supposed to accept right. them. Of course, we both know that we are, but we're not so sure about this guy over here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, until and that's that how guy they becomes, might have fellowship. Until that guy becomes we, me in your mind, or you be, you know, it's, yeah. it's silly. Yeah, I guess not really. I guess you're not really saved. So the knowledge that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone helps us overcome that. But now we're talking about a crown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is things that accompany salvation. And this is now things that can be won and lost. Yeah. But if we endure, if we continue, if we endure with him, King James word suffer, but it's not, it's not if we're afflicted, it's not the thlipsis. Yeah. That is endurance. That's the, uh, it's like abiding in First John. Yes. Abide with him. This is the Bible doctrine of persistence as compared to the Calvinistic doctrine of persistence. The Calvinistic thought of persistence is if you're really saved, you will persist. Right. But the scripture teaches that if you, rather than if you're really saved, you will persist, is that if you will persist, you will be rewarded. And if you don't persist, you won't be. Yeah, so that. the only advice I have is hold, you know, you don't have to do anything, right? 
They're not counseled to purchase ISAV so that they can see. Yeah. I like the, the, the Laodiceans that didn't know that they were poor, blind, wretched, and naked. These now just hang in there. Yeah. Yeah, that thought echoed in First John 2 when he says, Little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him. At there his you coming. go. There you go. Yeah. That thing that we have to pray for, thing the apostles had to pray for, mm-hmm. that confidence, that's our friend Parisia. You knew that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be bold now, you'll be bold then. And be unfaithful now, and you'll be ashamed then. So these Philadelphians, you know, they had a crown laid up for them. Yes. Just didn't have, you know, it was still... Uh, you uh, use the words that Paul used to Timothy there. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown. Right. Yeah. And if we go now, as we're getting reversed, we we scoot back to that verse I started on. We we see the crown of life laid out before. There it is, the crown of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are these these descriptors? I mean, we'll we we've got the crown of life. We've got a crown of glory. The one you mentioned, the crown of righteousness, crown of rejoicing. Are these just adjectives around the same thought? Are these different specific? things with specific types of rewards? There's two lines of thought, both that make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And that is there are various characteristics of the life today that result in a crown. Mm -hmm. The other line is that there's the attainment of more than one crown. Now, like here's four or five different crowns you can go get. Four or five different ones, and you have four you or five have different ones. Two or three or four, yeah. I've waffled across, you know, I've been back and forth to that a little bit. We know that glories can differ, you know. That, right, First Corinthians 15. Right, so that you can actually be glorified above others who are also themselves glorified. Right. One city, five cities, ten cities to rule over. In the scriptures, kingship seems to attach to cities. Mm-hmm kings over cities. I don't know if I've discussed it here on Biblically Speaking or elsewhere that I think that the kingdom of the heavens has something to do with cities. Certainly the spiritual war can be conducted through cities. The world forces of darkness seem to reach into cities. Of course, we have um, the prominence of various cities in Scripture where we have Babylon we have Jerusalem, which becomes, which is on its way to becoming Sodom and Egypt. We have that great city, Babylon. Right. Mm-hmm. We have uh, an oblique reference, as many think, to Rome in the Book of Revelation, the city that the the, the whore that sits on seven mount, the city that sits on right. seven. You have the New Jerusalem, which is a city, mountains or hills, as opposed to some sort of nation state, you know. The New Jerusalem, you have that established new city. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about nation states, but city states are well established in the history of man. Right. Uh, Italy under uh, Metternich, uh, uh, Greece under uh, Metternich's theories, political philosophy, uh, united uh, cities. Kaiser Wilhelm molded, uh, the, or Kaiser, the first Kaiser molded independent cities into what is today's Germany. Ancient Greece, the city-states, were molded into uh, a nation in a lean, mean fighting machine. 
So, I mean, is what you're driving at is the thought that there's a crown per city, perhaps? Well, I think that the crowns relate to cities with the scripture that says we'll rule over one city, five cities, ten cities. has to do with crowns, yeah. Mm. That's the sort of the format. I might say the format of the coming kingdom. Mm. And that very possibly there's, there is going to be hierarchy in the coming kingdom. There is no hierarchy in the church today. You have one father, your father in heaven, you're all brethren. So, you know, live out this flat, this flat truth, adhere to it. In the coming age, you, you, you know, you'll be rewarded and it won't be so flat. So that possibly, here's just my suggestion of a hierarchical array into the coming kingdom, mm-hmm. where five faithful believers each are crowned over a city, and then maybe one believer is crowned over them, mm-hmm. and so he's over five cities by being over them, and then maybe there's another believer over him, he and one other guy just like him, so that guy's over ten cities. Starting to sound kind of like the Catholic Church there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of they, they got set up an archbishop of this area. Yeah, they, they and, certainly, you know, Gentile, by the way, that's a key of a Gentile organization. I like the hierarchy. Have, is to have these hierarchies, right? And then to fight or argue over who's the greatest. Right. Um, but let's, let's, so let's zoom in a little bit. That's big picture stuff. Here we have uh, in Rev 210 this crown of life that he says, which seems to be conditional on a specific thing that happens, right? Uh, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Yeah, and we have this in James chapter 1 as well, right? Yeah. Same thing, crown of life. He that endures temptation. Right. Late, you know, you endure, you endure temptation today. We know from Romans you can endure temptation. With every temptation, there's made a, a way of escape mm-hmm. that we're able to endure. And... Uh, course we either do or don't you know find that way or go that way yeah and so uh i'm going to show how those two parallel if that's okay Mm -hmm. a lot of people think well okay here along comes a temptation that's a trial in your life and so when you endure the temptation now you've been tried you receive the crown of life and then you get the crown of life right then well i don't know how many times you get the crown of life right and then how many times you lose it that one, if you look at it that way, is sort of throw that crown, lose that crown, get that crown, <laughs> easy lose come, that crown, easy get go. that crown. Yeah, it's not definitely not how I look at that. It seems like a a manifest kind of a heuristic type of a judgment, you know. You know, or else it's or the, it is under the linchpin, yeah, of your prophetic doctrine that'll hold you steady when you realize that the judgment seat of Christ is a historical fixed event at which we will all appear. Mm-hmm. You've heard me say that in the assembly, that hang on to this solid truth about the judgment seat being a historical event, and your eschatology won't fall apart and crumble in your hands, right? Things to come make a lot more sense when you realize there is this coming judgment seat of Christ for all believers. Right. Uh, so that's what, I think what James 1.12 says, bless the man that endures temptation when he's tried. That's later, not now. You endure temptation now, and you just endure it, endure it, endure it. Yeah, you're judged later. Later, you receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him, right? So it has to do with loving the Lord. And right. anybody that doesn't love the Lord, Jesus Christ. Wouldn't endure the temptation. and wouldn't Let him be crown. anathema. Mm-hmm. Right? Let him be cursed. 
but the, the specific scripture that you're reading here is, is similar to that, right? Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and that you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. Right. Very specific in that case. Yeah, endure. Right? And I will give thee a crown of life. Of so, course, the crown, the crown that, that we first referenced in Revelation 3... Um, the same terms, right? They they already have it. They just can lose it if they're not faithful, right? right. They've already been faithful, so they have this crown. Um, now this sounds like you know you're going to get killed, right? Be faithful unto death sounds like you're Sometimes actually going to be called killed. Sometimes called the martyr's crown, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, isn't it the case that if you're faithful unto death, then you're <laughs> you you remained you 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 didn't give it up you didn't lose it okay so very possibly these are yet to win that crown but they're gonna win it and then keep it until right yeah so you might one might argue that their crowns this is the church at Smyrna again the church that uh, is not criticized so the other one Smyrna in Philadelphia mm-hmm so probably that kind of ways in in the favor of what you just said yeah again here you know they're just not done suffering they don't get to you know they don't get to just down the ball they're gonna they're gonna have to keep exercising a running game here <laughs> they're gonna have to run it out yeah the hard way yeah but don't worry you know you'll you'll prevail mm-hmm. you know and i will give the uh crown of life this is our word stephanos right stephanos mm-hmm a lot of people call it the martyr's crown, the Stephan, you know, because also Stephen yep. did this. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the first martyr, the Lord standing to receive him, you know. Yeah, this, the description of the crown of life in James, and I don't want to skip as we go reverse, I don't want to skip the crown of glory, but, you know, to all those who love God is what it says in James, right? I don't have the exact verse in front of me. I'm looking at the Revelation verse, but it's it's for loving him. You endure the trial and you receive the crown. The Lord will give to all them that love him. Yeah, to all them that love him. Which sounds a lot like the crown of righteousness. There is sorta. some evidence. You see, that's why I said there's really two lines of thought here. Yeah, like there's some these... evidence that this is one crown. Yeah. But different different aspects. Yeah, our different. facets. If, yeah. if, if it was only martyrdom, well... You know, that would eliminate a whole lot of people. Yeah, I mean, that just might not be in God's plan for certain people. I mean, obviously, there have been those that have died in the faith and just weren't killed. Right. You know? They weren't murdered. And so, and that, that's why I say, like, sometimes it seems very specific, and other times it seems like, to all them that love him, that opens it up quite a bit. Do you know what the first reference to Stephanus in the New Testament scriptures is? Mm, to Stephanus in the New Testament? Crown. Mm-hmm. No. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, oh yeah, they put sense. it on his head. So now this gives us the whole picture, right? Yeah. I mean, if we think about it, right? We're looking at the last reference. I'm jumping ahead. Look, I went all the way to the front. You did. You're cheating. Well, first reference, you know. First references are important. I was thinking. I was when you actually said that. I was actually trying to think whole Bible, um, but then you said Stephanos, which is Greek. So I, then I was like, okay, and then I couldn't think of it. I wonder what the first reference to crown is, even if you go all the way back. Um, think in the Old Testament, the first time a crown is even. Well, we know the first king 
referenced Saul. in the scripture is Nimrod. Oh yeah. I was thinking the first king of Israel. But anyways, but go back to your, your crown of thorns. Okay, so the crown of thorns was a mockery, it was a painful thing, it was done to the Lord Jesus, it was indicative of his sufferings. So you see here how we endure with him, we identify with him here below. This so corresponds with you you'll lose your life now, you'll find it in the life to come. Mm-hmm. Right? So all of this is a very clear and neat package of laying your life down, identifying with the Lord Jesus as he did with us in his humiliation, the sufferings, and then the glory, which is, you know, I mean, we can dig that right out of Isaiah 53 when the Lord's prophesied there, as we see, you know, the suffering servant later crowned with glory and honor who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, is now set down to the right hand of the Father. So we see that whole pattern of yeah. of the rewardable life, right? For sure. They that come to God must believe that he is and they that he's a rewarder. So diligently seek him. Yeah, so today, I mean, you want your ambition, you know, here's your ambition, a crown of thorns today is a crown of life tomorrow. Yeah. Nobody wants a crown of thorns. Right. Just as an aside, I found the first use of crown, just just doing an English search through the Hebrew there, is kind of fitting. It's when um, it's when Jacob gathers all of his sons together to give his blessings, and he talks about Joseph having a crown on his head that separates him from his brethren. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. But let's talk about this uh, crown of glory. This is First Peter 5. Again. Yes, the crown of glory. Is this the shepherd's crown? Yeah. Seems to yeah. be for a specific work in this case, similar to being faithful unto death in its precision, but you know, different activity. Where it says, starting in verse 2, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Yeah, and here the Lord is named the chief shepherd. Yeah. And uh, coming to reward the under shepherd. So here's a, a way to reward. Huh? He that desires the work of oversight, desires a good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why I think that... Maybe the crown, it is a single crown that has various aspects or different pathways to it rather than being additional crowns, is that this crown is only available to men. You know, mm. a woman just plain can't be one who feeds the flock and takes the oversight. And what about the the wife of a man who does so? You think she has opportunity, you know, well, they're, they're, co-heirs of, they the, are grace joint of, heirs of the grace of this life? Yeah. But I you, don't I mean, think that means they're joint heirs of the crown of the next life. No, not necessarily, but you would see how this life, you know, the resulting here, the trial down below, most definitely feeds into the age to come. And she would definitely endure the hardship alongside him. Yeah. So maybe it's not called, you know, the shepherd's crown in that case, but it seems like it's not only his work. No, he's got to be married to have this work, to do this work. Right, necessarily, right? So, I mean, I definitely see where it says they're co-heirs of the grace of this life, which is 
evidently true, you know? Yeah, that's evidently true, but what we're talking about here is joint heirs with Christ. If so be, we endure with him. Right. Right? Joint. Yeah. joint. This is the joint heirship of Romans 8. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, let's diminish in importance. I Being crowned is the important thing, obtaining five or four, three or two or one, whatever. Sure. To see this crown, if we can just kind of unpack this by itself. Yeah. Extremely important. And relevant, of course, as you know, I just spoke on this general topic mm-hmm. Sunday. I think you were there, right? Yeah. Because men, men will oppose you inside the assembly for wanting to do this work. And I had that bad experience early in my life of brothers opposing me when I was inclined and wanted to feed the flock and take oversight, look after. I wanted to look after God's work, uh, not as a Lord over God's heritage, uh, to, be, to be an example and to do that work that God wants to be done. I think that God stirs that desire, that it's a, well, I don't have, I mean, the Bible teaches it's a good work, so the Holy Spirit will stir up that desire to do that work. Mm-hmm among those that God wants to do that work. And there's never too many people that want to do that work. There's oftentimes way too many people who would like a title and would like to be lords over God's heritage. Sure. And here's something, by the way, that Paul never says, right? This is, this is we're talking about 1 Peter 5. Right. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder. So now Peter's kind of stepping, you know, he's like referring to himself yeah. as one of the elders as opposed to the, the apama. He's not, it's not that he's not an apostle. Right. But he's, 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 he's having empathy as right. conducting himself as, a, as an elder. As an elder. Which Paul does not. Right. Because unmarried. Not then married. Right. Right. Which, again, uh, Paul's circumstance of life disqualifies him from that work. Yes. Just as it does many men. Yes. But it's not as if God is pulling away from them opportunity at crowns, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And here, of course, I mean, the Apostle Peter, he's got laid out for him a specific role in the coming kingdom of judging one of the tribes That's of, right. of Israel. So, you know, he knows he's got something going, you know. Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to share in the glory that's to be revealed, which is what he says, a, a sharer or a joiner of the glory that shall be revealed. An el- he, he calls himself three things, right? An elder, a witness of the sufferings of Christ, which you're not, and I'm not. No. And also a sharer of the glory, that's what that word partaker means in this particular case, that shall be revealed, which has been promised to him already, right? as well as his death promised to him is martyrdom. Others will take him where he doesn't want to go. He knows that's coming. He's got a target on his back that even the believers can see. Yeah. Okay. But then it's interesting. He says, feed the flock. That Peter says this. Peter says, feed the flock. Because that's what the Lord told him. Isn't that something? A few times, right? Yeah. Lovest thou me more than these? Yeah. Yeah, he's taking what he's learned and he's passing it on. Yeah, does that mean that he's to love 
the Lord more than others love the Lord, or does it mean that they used to love the Lord more than he loves the fish that he caught? Oh, more than these? No, I thought it meant he... I thought he meant more than these other people around. I think that's what it means, too. Yeah. But yeah, now he's taking that exact exhortation, feed the flock, and Peter's turning around and he's telling Which is among you, you know? Yeah. Not under you. But feed the flock that is that you're that you are among mm-hmm. that you are with, taking the oversight, looking out for them, overseeing, episcopoing. Yeah, this looking over is looking out for. This has to do with watching out for the dangers they that 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 are, are to come upon them and face. This is why oversight goes together with. The wolves that are on the, you know, chasing off yeah. the wolves, being able to uh, put to shame the gainsayers. Uh, uh, you know, you mess with this church, you mess with me, you know. Yeah, that analogy of a shepherd is so full of, de- you know, depth when it talks about the actual, the oversight of the a enemies of the church are going to face the overseer first. He stands before. He's the one that's going to see the danger coming first and lays down his life for the sheep. Yeah. He's going to go tangle with the opposer. Mm. What's it mean we're here where it says not by constraint? Does that mean just not because you have to? Not because you have to. It's kind of like what we were talking about last time with a dispensation given to Paul. He pretty much Not by force. Not because somebody makes you. Not because... Well, that's what we pay you for, brother. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not, but willingly. Not by contract. Well, not for filthy lucre. <laughs> right. Exactly. But of a ready mind. And so you you see that uh, this is a willing uh, mind. This is a mind given to that. This is not a grudging, well, nobody's going to do it, so I'm going to do it. This is... You know, you're willing and you know this is the work that God wants you to do, and so you do it. This word being examples to the flock, it says neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. That word example, that's the word for type. Hmm. This is the word the apostle Paul said, I'm the prototupos, I'm the first of the type. This is like he's the actual mold right. of the servant of the Lord, and then be followers of him as he follows Christ. So the mold's already, we don't need to restart the mold. We don't need a new mold. The mold is there. You just need to pour yourself into that mold, bake yourself at 350 degrees for 30 minutes, right. and out you come as a tupos. And the mold's not going to change. That mold is still there. Mm-hmm. And so now you commit to others what you're doing and you teach it and somebody else will pour themselves like you know like a liquid into that mold and endure hardness as Paul tells Timothy and pop out another shepherd and that's yeah that's what God's flock needs and, and so interesting uh, here the the focus on not just what he's doing but how he's going about it he's the he, willingness the ready mind the yeah, you see that all fit together. You yeah. can't you can't tear apart the man from the work that the man does. Right. The, the, 
the work on the man by God is producing the work that he does in the assembly.